0: Hey, it's Tuesday. I would love a round of applause for the fact that I'm recording this a whole day early. You don't know it yet because it hasn't uploaded because it's not Wednesday. But let's just, as Paige would do, let's do an actual round of applause, right? Um, Can I just also say a huge thank you for all the love and support on last week's episode. That had been so requested for so long. And I honestly had such anxiety about doing it because I just wanted it to come off in a way that was sharing my heart and my experience, but also loving on you. And the DMs I got about that set my heart on fire. So thank you. Um, And thank you for constantly allowing me to share my heart and seeing it. It's the greatest gift, I swear to you. I love this podcast so much. Um, Maybe one day we'll even have a guest. Um, But for those that are tuning in for the very first time, let's just kick this off with that professional vibe you look for in a podcast podcast. Welcome to the After Hours with Amanda podcast, the podcast that is about parenting, but not just for parents, okay? It's not just for parents. We talk all things. Today, I do not have my Mickey D's Coke. Mm -mm. Mm. We are joined by a can of my Rowdy Mermaid Kombucha, which I know I cannot quit talking about. It's just so stinking good. So here's the thing. Here's the big thing, okay? Okay. I was told recently that I should start uploading podcast episodes to YouTube, but not just podcast episodes, filming myself while I recorded the podcast. Um, And here's the really weird thing. I tried it for the last 20 minutes. And it's funny, but it feels really strange. (laughs) I know it should just feel like I'm talking Instagram stories, but it doesn't. It feels really weird. So I think we're going to be building up to being able to record myself recording the podcast and putting that to YouTube. Um, If you didn't know I have a YouTube channel, I have a YouTube channel. Um, But I do know that it has the capability to just upload podcast episodes. So I might just start there with uploading the podcast episodes we already have to YouTube and seeing how that does. So I want to talk to you today about something that you may or may not have already heard about. I recently did a video, I want to say it was like a month or so ago, about how I talked to my three girls about weight. Someone in my comments asked me, how do you talk to your kid's doctor about your kid's weight? And I very simply and very openly said, I don't talk to my children about weight. It's not a conversation we'll have. It's not a conversation we'll ever have um and that's because i think that we all can agree when we know that diet culture other people's opinions and the world itself is going to give them all of the things that they could possibly need to struggle like let's let's get real um no matter how much we we preach you know self love and all these other things um the main diet culture is just like crap like, I don't know how else to put that out there. We've either demonized or loved every food in the last 50 years, right? There was one point where they were like, don't eat the egg yolk. And then they're like, eat the egg yolk. And then they're like, don't do this, to the cholesterol. Oh, but that's good cholesterol. Okay. Don't drink soy, but oh, drink soy. Oh no, but soy is bad. So I live in the world of, I don't teach my tiny people to demonize foods or good or bad foods. We talk about good and fun fuel because they both have their place. And that's what works for us. If you're not about that life, if you truly believe that there is bad food out there, like you're, like sugar is evil, I feel you. I see you. Absolutely, You you do you. But for me, I think that life is about moderation in all things we do and that everything has a place. And so that's where I stem from. Um, so that is really important, right? I mean, how often do people tell you with kids, um, you really need to, you need to watch how you teach your kids about food. You need to teach them healthy habits, right? You need to do X, Y, Z. How many companies and food kid companies are out there promoting that their food is, you know, the best, the brightest, the most effective, the, the, the most dietary sound, Right. Do you know the one thing that nobody is talking about out there honestly like in a big way in a really expansive huge way that could really impact our kids and their ability to have body image and a healthy view of themselves and view food in that way? Any guesses? <laughs> it's not like it's class, I'm sorry. I just I had a teacher that used to do that. Anyways, the big secret here is um how you talk to yourself. We had an episode a while back called um, The Biggest Bully, right? The biggest bully is ourselves. That's the big the big reveal of life is that you will beat yourself up worse than anybody could ever do it because in, someone could say literally nothing and look at you as if they're looking at you, but they're not. They're actually looking at the person behind you, but you think they're looking at you and you will spend the next 20 minutes or if you're like me, possibly the next few days thinking what could have been they were staring at you, right? Like what could have been the thing that was off about me, okay? But what we don't focus on and what I don't hear doctors talking about in a doctor's office and stuff is how we talk about ourselves in front of our kids. Now, I want to preface this what there is no perfect parent. I share my thoughts with you guys. This does not mean I'm doing this 100% of the time. I mess up, right? I I make mistakes. So does the entire rest of the world, okay? Literally no one is perfect, except the big man upstairs. I do believe that. But the big key I think here is you can spend all the time in your world feeding your child organic, right? No dyes, no sugar, uh, gluten-free. You can do whatever you want. But what they will actually internalize is not the food, but how you see you and how they watch you seeing you they're going to internalize that they're going to feed on that more than they're going to feed on anything that you feed them. See, cuz our kids' body image doesn't have to do with food. Food is a byproduct of that, right? Food gives us this image that, "Oh, I'm eating organic, so I'm healthy," right? We're feeding our body the right things. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing with or- wrong with organic. I shop whole foods, I shop McDonald's, I shop Target, I shop Rayleigh's, I shop Safeway, I shop Albertsons, I shop it all. Okay. But What people I don't think are currently selling is the product of what your kids internalize through what you verbalize. I'm gonna say that one more time. What your kids internalize because of what you verbalize. See, there's this really weird belief that if we teach all our kids the right thing, right? And we give them all this encouragement and all this confidence and we do it all right, that they're going to have that. But see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in on something. I grew up and I, um, I loved my mother. I say this all the time. If you don't know, she passed away almost 10 years ago this year. It's not something we'll get into right now because it's just not a place that I'm ready to go. But I thought she was just, I mean, a gazelle. She was 5'9". She was the perfect weight you'd imagine. She was proportionate. She was beautiful. I just, I idolized her. She dressed right. She was put together. She was perfection in my eyes. Um, and I always saw her that way. But when I became a teen, um, I don't know what shifted. I don't know if it was menopause. I don't know if it was, I was more aware. But I started to see the way my mom saw herself. She didn't like herself in the way that she looked. She had so many things that she didn't like about herself, her thighs, uh, the way her butt hung. Uh, she used to call her butt a hot fudge Sunday, which, I mean, come on, we can, we can joke, we can joke. Like she used to say, as you get older, to hot fudge sundae just melts down. Um, <laughs> sorry. I still think it's funny. Um, but here, here's the thing on, on a serious level. She would talk about herself and look at herself in the mirror. And when I saw her look at herself in the mirror, her body, I could see that she didn't love it. I could see that she was dissatisfied. I could see that it was a point of insecurity for her and that she was very controlled, um, like so many of us are, right? By the size on a scale or the number in a shirt or a pair of pants. And I think it's so beautiful right now that we live in a culture where women are embracing their body. I think that's great. I think that's beautiful. But I think that's only half of the battle. I think we're only seeing half of the picture here. Because when we look at this picture, we view it in a very physical sense. And it's never really left that. And people might disagree with me on that. But the thing is, is that we've... we might be changing the way that we view bodies, right? And the way we put them out there. But are we changing the way that we speak about them to ourselves? See, I can go out and I loved it this year. uh Sports Illustrated came out and they came out with a magazine that represented all women. I thought it was beautiful, different body types, different um ethnic backgrounds, just all around it. it it they you could tell that they put a lot of thought into it, right? I think Sports Illustrated or Victoria's Secret. I can't remember actually actually, I think it was Victoria's Secret. They were really trying, and they and they spoke about it like this is what our goal was. we wanted to represent all bodies, but what I think that brands and um different things are are missing is the fact that we can do all the physical things, right? We can show up in all the physical ways of representation. But if we don't start to show up in all the mental ways of representation, we're really not going to jump this hurdle. Because I can tell you that I had a mom that spoke life into me every day about how beautiful I was, how strong I was, and all these things. And I still had an eating disorder in college. Can I let you in on a really big secret? And I don't tell many people this, but we're just going to put it out there because I think it needs to be said and maybe this will help you. Do you know I still have to psych myself out some days when I eat a cake pop? Um, And no, I currently have all the things under control. I'm eating healthy. I'm taking care of my body. But that doesn't mean that my demons don't come and find me during the day. I can go into, I'll I'll tell you how it goes. We go to the drive-thru, right? And you know, I love cake pops. My girl loved cake pops. If you have followed me, you know, we ride our day on cake pops. Okay. Starbucks is where it's at for those. And when we will go in the line, sometimes the girls will be like, mom, you get a cake pop. Now, do I normally not get a cake pop because it's a cake pop? No, hell no. I just don't want to pay the money. (laughs) It gets expensive. And so I would rather not get it and let them have it. Right. I'm not, you know, made of cake pop money. (laughs) But sometimes they're like, mom, get a cake pop. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get a cake pop. Now, it has been years, right, since I have had any type of relapse. But I will get that cake pop. My girls, they'll dig into those cake pops. I will take a a bite of that cake pop. And let me tell you the mental conversation that goes on in my head. This cake pop tastes so good right now. It's delicious. And then the little demon, she comes into my little, she goes, oh, yeah, that cake pop. Mm, That's good. It's a carb, has sugar in it. I mean, was that something you really needed to add into your day? And I'm like, no, no. I'm I'm having this mental conversation. Okay. This doesn't happen every time, but it happens sometimes. And I go, no, the cake pop is fine. It is fine because everything has a place and it is fine to do that, right? I feel like I would enjoy a cake pop and I'm enjoying this cake pop. Oh, you're enjoying that cake pop? Okay, well, how many calories are in that cake pop? Well, you know, how many saturated fats are in that cake pop? Well, what was that cake pop made of? What is in that cake pop? And now you're feeding it to your kid. And this little mental battle, as I'm eating a cake pop. Now, I could see anybody, a photo, Starbucks could promote the cake pops in any way that they want. They could say they had made it from organic flour. I don't know why, but they could make it all the things that are approved, right? In, in this world that we're trying to create with more inclusivity of body images and more inclusivity of how we l- look at our bodies and view them. But if the mental dialogue is not there, it doesn't really matter. Because what I verbalize, I internalize. And that is something that I cried about when I found out I was having daughters. I don't tell that to a lot of people because they judge that. They judge when you find out the gender of a baby and you cry. Do you want to know why I cried? I cried because I cried for all the fear that I had for what they would endure. Not about the workplace, not about this, but how they would view themselves. Because I thought of how I viewed myself so often. And I thought, dear God, I don't want another tiny human doing that. Now, I can't prevent that from happening to them because they are people and they're going to have their own traumas and their own struggles. But what I can tell you is no amount of me teaching them what's right to eat and fun fuel and good fuel is going to give them the internal dialogue Like how they watch me talk about myself. Do I speak life over myself? How do they see me enjoying exercise? See, when I did pageants back in college, um, I did it for scholarship money, and honestly, God, truth, I did it because I had really bad social anxiety, and I wanted to get better at speaking in front of people. Right? Um, Would I say it helped? Yeah, it it helped. It helped, and it did give me scholarship money, which I was grateful for. But it. It didn't do as much for me as it did probably in the way that I started to view exercise negatively. It started to feel like a chore. And I'm not saying that pageants did that. I'm saying the level to which I started to focus on that did that, right? I'm taking responsibility for that because I know a lot of people who do pageants who love exercise. It's just this extra extension of them. But this is not something that I had. And it wasn't until this year. Um probably around the time COVID or stuff, we, we bought a Peloton, right? We bought a Peloton and at first I jumped on it and I started biking. And I was like, ooh, I'm gonna get in such good shape. This is so good. And after two weeks of biking on it, I was like, I'm over it. I'm like, was like, what? I'm like, I just don't, I don't wanna be on the Peloton right now. I'm, I'm over it. I'm not doing it. No, 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 no. And the reason I felt that way was because the reason I got on that bike was I wanted to look a certain way. And I'm being totally vulnerable with you here because I would like to say that there are not things that I focus on and I just love myself all the time, but that's not true because I, as I said before, you can be healed, you can be on recovery, you can be doing all these things, but that doesn't mean that your demons won't come to try and find you. I, I, I think of the fact of my brother, excuse me, not getting emotional. I'm choking on something. Hold on. I think of my brother and Alan on and all the different programs you go to, and they say that an addict is always in recovery. And I feel that way about body image. You never, I feel at least, reach this point where you never have self-doubt. And I think that if we think that we reach a place where we never have self-doubt, we're really going to be disappointed in ourselves because we're going to beat ourselves up for having bad days. We're going to beat ourselves up for having negative thoughts about pasta, okay? Because everybody knows, everyone makes a big deal about it. Oh, grinds my gears. Anyways, but back to the Peloton. I had gotten on it because, ooh, it it was last year, right? So this is not this year, last year. Everyone always says, hot girl summer, hot girl summer, right? Like, I'm I'm getting ready for, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I just didn't want to do it. It felt like another thing that was being forced upon me at the time. And because of COVID, it was super inflamed. I already felt like there were so many things out of my control. And now I was going to go sit on a bike and bike for what? For what? What was I going to do that for? Because someone else was telling me that I couldn't feel good about myself unless I did this. No, nobody in my house was. Uh, Spoiler alert. It was just me. And so I didn't get on the Peloton for a while and i realized that i was going to waste a lot of money if i didn't figure out myself with this. And sure i could sell the peloton, get rid of it, but that wasn't what i wanted to do. So, i started getting on the peloton app. Shocker, that app is legit, i'm going to be honest. If you don't ever buy the bike, the app is worth its weight in gold. I swear to god, it is so good. And i found this meditation, and i love as as a christian I love meditation, I love reading my Bible, but I really love the way that Peloton lets you choose these awesome meditations that speak confidence about yourself, or speak joy into your day, or speak gratitude into your day, and I thought, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a five-minute meditation in the morning while I sit in my closet, because if you don't know this, I sit in my closet for five minutes every morning in the pitch black, and I ice roll my face, okay? It is literally the most amazing thing in the entire world. I bought this ice roller on Amazon. I have to reshare it because everyone's always asking for it. But it's like 20 bucks and it stays cold for forever. And I just sit in my closet every morning, bundled up in my, you know, thick socks and my jacket and I, and I roll my face. And I said, while I do that, I'm going to lay down, roll my face and listen to five minutes, just five minutes. And I started listening to these meditations on Peloton app. Um, and I picked ones that spoke positively about myself ones about thanking me and and gratitude and and different things and slowly I started to realize that as much as I told my girls good fuel and fun fuel there was this internal dialogue I had that I although hid very well for them because I don't talk about my body in front of the girls um or at least I try to not do that 90% of the time and I'm very aware of Blake as well. I think people forget that our kids have um, two people in the house, sometimes one person, whatever, but whatever your house looks like, whoever's in it, it's not just, oh, well, girls are going to adhere to what the mom says, not what the dad says. And boys are going to adhere to what the dad says, not what the mom says. They both hear you speaking about yourself. Whoever is in your house, they hear you speaking about yourself. And so Blake would say like, oh man, my arms are getting small. I need to, I need to work out. And he gets these like, literally like laser eyes from me where I'm like, and I just look at him like, I'm looking at him like, don't, don't even. And he's like, actually, I need to get, I want to be strong so I can run with you guys and play with you guys. And him and I have really worked and he's helped me too about talking about our bodies in a way that says, I want to be strong so I can play with you. I want to, I want to exercise so I can run with you so I can do things with you. Right. Right. And it was interesting because as I started to do this meditation on Peloton, I started to see that what I needed to do was not so much exercise my body for looking a certain way, right? Which is preached to us and still, again, is a daily battle we fight, okay? Because it's everywhere. God, look at the Instagram filters. But look at any filters for Pete's sake. But what I needed to do was heal my body. Not just from having three babies. I needed to heal my body and I needed to heal my mind. And I needed to start that journey because that's a journey that never ends. Like I, I just, let's be really honest about that. Again, an addict is always in recovery. A mindset is always needing to be reframed. I needed to start internalizing what I verbalized to my children. My tiny people look to me every day and I tell them you are strong. I affirm them. I have them tell themselves affirmations. But am I doing that for myself? Am I internalizing that for myself? Am I verbalizing it so I start to internalize those things? It's so funny. Everybody constantly preaches that we need to do all these things for our kids, right? We need to not do this and not do that and do this and do that and breastfeed. Don't breastfeed, no drive through, drive-thru. Do McDonald's, don't do McDonald's. No soda, you can do soda. Like all these different things, right? But nobody says you need to be kind to how you speak to yourself because there are tiny humans watching. Not just that you are responsible for, but that will one day go and become, become humans. And what leg up? Can you give them in this world and how they see themselves by being good to yourself? See, a self-care we don't talk about is the self-care of our mind. The self-care of caring enough for ourselves to speak love to our to speak life to ourself. And I'll tell you what, some days I don't believe it. Some days I'll sit there and I will tell my body, You're strong and you can do hard things. And I'm like, I call bullshit (laughs) because it's not like that every day, okay? It's not. But what I started to realize was the more I just took that little bit of time for myself, those five minutes, was more helpful to me healing myself and the mindset I had and have that I fight every day than going and doing a massive workout that would put me in the shape of my life? Because again, spoiler alert, let's get into it. If you guys don't know, I got my balloons done each year, last year. I'm talking about my boobs. Um, well, yeah, it was last year, last July. Uh, why did I do that? Um, I can tell you this. It was not because I thought it would make me feel any better about myself. It was because I wanted my boobs back. It was pure and simple about that, okay? Everyone has different reasons for plastic surgery. I got my boobs done because I loved my boobs before kids. I loved how they look. I took a picture into the doctor. I said, can you make them look like this again? And he said, yes. That wasn't because I wasn't proud of my body. That wasn't because I wasn't accepting of my body. That was because I wanted back what I already had. So he did that for me. I can tell you something, okay? God's honest truth, hand to God, scout's honor, whatever you want to call it, no cap. (laughs) Um, How I felt about myself did not change when I got boobs. Okay. Yeah. I felt like, ooh, okay. Hey, yeah, that's fun. That wears off. Okay. It wears off because love in any form is not a noun. It's a verb, babe. Just like when you're in a relationship That butterfly feeling, that woo-woo love, that infatuation, that wears off because that's a feeling. The love that keeps you there, that's a noun. Oh, that's a verb, excuse me, because that's an action. Love is an action. Love is when I speak to myself kindly. That's an action. I don't always feel great about myself. I don't always love myself. But I need to love on myself See, I think there's this ridiculous belief that when you're confident, you just feel great all the time and you love yourself, right? Self-love, self-confidence, all these things, no. It's a daily grind in a good way. I say daily grind because everyone uses that, but it's, it's a daily journey. It's a daily action that you take to wake up and love yourself. I will tell you what, if you can't daily wake up and love yourself, It's a really hard place to be to think that anything that you do is going to change how you feel because no amount of money, no amount of relationship, no person you're with, no amount of kids, no amount of change, no matter what you do, if you don't try to verbalize to yourself and internalize that, telling people and posting photos and and doing whatever you want, it's not going to make you feel any more love towards yourself and that is has a trickle-down effect to our tiny humans and to the people in our life. See, I learned a really long time ago. I say a really long time ago. I'd say a decade ago um, that I couldn't hold Blake responsible for how I felt about myself. It's really, its and I still do this, and I still do this, okay? So don't think I don't do this. And, and it's natural to do this. Okay. I go to Blake for a lot of self-worth in terms of, I want him to be proud of me. I want him, I want to feel loved by him. Right. I, I need that. Right. Okay. But I cannot hold him solely responsible for that. It can't live and die there because no human can keep that up for an individual. Okay. I cannot hold the full responsibility of how Blake feels about himself. See, a soulmate is not someone who completes you, it's someone who encourages you to complete yourself. A soulmate cannot complete you. It's a person who helps you complete yourself because they help to set you so on fire for yourself. You become so whole on your own because they're encouraging you to do that that's what a soulmate is and it's important because i can tell my three daughters every single solitary day that it doesn't matter what the world says about them and it doesn't matter what other girls boys whatever people in their life think it doesn't matter what diet culture tells them But if I go and I speak to myself in a negative way, or I'm on the phone with a girlfriend of mine and I'm like, oh my gosh, I tried on this bathing suit and I look like a bloated cow. And my people, even though I don't think they're listening, they hear that, they see that. Now, I can't imagine, what am I talking about? I can't imagine. I'm a parent, right? I'm a person the pressure to do the right thing as a parent, right? Or as a caretaker or as an aunt or as an uncle or just to yourself, right? I mean, how often a day do you see a video where someone's like, if you don't change what you're doing right now, you'll never reach that new level. You have to change who you are to become the person you want to be. And you have to wake up every day at 5 a.m. and you have to read 12 self-help books and you have to take a cold shower, which by the way, I don't recommend. I do not recommend that because we freaking our pilot light went out the other night and we have had no hot water for 24 hours, and I took a cold bath today. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing that I feel will change my life about a cold shower. No one can no one can convince me of that. Okay. I think it's great for people that feel energized by it, great for the health benefits it has. It is not something I will be pursuing, okay? Maybe I'll do it like once every month, okay? But no amount of habits, right? Um, Good habits is going to change your mind. Now, as you do those things, it might start to invigorate you, right? It might start to encourage you. It might start to say, hey, I'm seeing this and you get encouraged by that. But do you know what's going to happen? Eventually, you're going to hit a low. You know what? Life is like a bell curve, right? You're going to go up. You're going to go down. It's a roller coaster, all right? Let's just call it the Incredicoaster since Disneyland's opening back up. Can we just get a woo-woo for that but not getting distracted? You can have all those healthy habits and be doing all the right things. But when that bell curve comes and you take that dip, which inevitably comes because it is life, and you feel that low... The thing that is going to help you in that situation is not the cold shower, okay? It's not the writing down the 10 goals a day. It's the way you're going to speak to yourself in that moment. Something that I learned going back to my story about the Peloton was that the best exercise I could give myself was starting my day by framing how I was speaking to myself. We're our worst critic, we're our biggest bully. I've said it before and I'll say it again. No one will beat you up as badly as you will yourself. And what I started to see was that yes, my body from having three babies had changed in a physical sense, but how I viewed myself had changed. And if I didn't start healing that, it wouldn't matter what the outside looked like because the inside would still be in bad shape. So I started my 15-minute rule, which I told you guys about. I I said this on Instagram this week. I started taking 15 minutes once I got to this place where I felt like I wanted to exercise. And I said, I am going to do 15 minutes of something I enjoy. Dance, Pilates, biking with Cody Rigsby because that man is just my soul. I want to go dancing with him. I love him. Um, But I started doing that for 15 minutes because everybody would tell you 15 minutes of exercise is not enough. It has to be 30 minutes a day. You have to get 30 minutes of exercise a day to make a difference. But I told myself that 15 minutes was good enough. And I have done 15 minutes of something every day for months now. And it has become this thing that's truly giving to me. I feel like I'm giving to myself in that moment. Whether I start my watch for 15 minutes while I'm dancing around to Zootopia's Try Everything with the Girls whether I'm on the bike, whether I'm doing Pilates, which honestly, I've really started to enjoy. And the Peloton app has so many, I swear to God, I might as well have an ad for Peloton on here at this point. Um, the Pilates program, I do, I'm going to say her name wrong and I don't want to. a A-She-T-T? I, I always want to say it's Shanti, but I think it's A-T-T. She does a lot of the meditations too. But I started to take this time and and they focus on breathing in Pilates, right? To be really aware of your body. And I started to realize that I was changing how I saw that time for exercise, right? I was not working to get to a size, a suit a look, a number on the scale. But I was changing that. And then the girls would say, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm taking 15 minutes for myself. And I started to notice them being like, oh, can I take 15 minutes for myself? Well, yeah, girl, what do you want to do? Well, I want to go have some quiet time in my room. Okay. Or, well, I want to, I you know, walk around outside. Can, we, can I go outside for 15 minutes? Yeah, whatever you want. Because our kids are not do as I say human beings. They will be do as I do human beings, which is why so many of us are afraid of becoming our parents. I get the number one comment in DM I get all the time is I don't want to be a parent because I'm afraid of becoming my own parents. I can tell you that you have control over that. But you not being your parent is not meaning you do everything the opposite of them. You not becoming your parent is finding out what is hurt inside of you because of that and then going into that part and healing that and then verbalizing those things so you internalize them and you start to heal yourself from the inside out and again it's not a journey that ever ends but see the thing that we miss about diet culture is it's not just the images we've seen for years and years and years and we'll continue to because it's the world it's not the photos on Instagram it's not the filters It is the internal dialogue that's going on when we see it because it's what we've seen and heard. It is a slow brainwashing of ourselves daily because of how we speak to ourselves. And that is what happens to tiny humans. And that is how they will grow if we think that it's just about what we tell them because it's about what we do. It's about what they see us doing. And and does that mean sometimes that we can't be honest? No. Some days I will look at London and I'll put on jeans and I'll say she'll be like, "What's wrong?" And I could be like, "Oh, nothing's wrong, but kids know in authenticity. I swear to God, they can sniff that out." And I look at her and I go, "You know what? I am just feeling frustrated with myself today and I'm not being very kind to myself." And she'll say, "Oh, and I'll say, I need to be kind to myself. Can you help me think of some ways I can be kind right now? And she would like, well, I really like your top." And I'll be like, oh, thank you. And I'll be like, you know what? I am proud of the fact that I woke up this morning and I'm here for another day. And she like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I am grateful that I could get up and I could eat some delicious food today so I have energy to go here and there. And she would be like, oh, that's a good one. she would be like, oh, 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 I'm grateful we're having ice cream for dessert. And I'll be like, I mean, that's always a win, okay? That's always a win. But... In the, in the moments you don't think they're hearing or they're seeing, in, in the phone calls that we take, and the ways we get dressed, in the way we look at ourselves, that has a far longer lasting impact and only will affirm what the world tells them if we don't teach them to reset themselves from the inside out. If we don't teach them that the most important health they will have is curating an an inner dialogue that in the hard times, even when they're beating themselves up because they will, in the hard times, they start to say, okay, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. That idea of metacognition, stopping yourself mid-thought and saying, wait a second, you're being rude to you. Yes, I'll speak in third person. Amanda, you're not being kind to you. Why are you not being kind to you? Why does that matter? Who says that matters? And tailoring that back. Because I can tell you, I freaking love cake pops. And some days I eat them, no big deal. And sometimes I have to fight the demon inside my head that has all these ridiculous things saying and spoken to me, says all these ridiculous things to me, excuse me. And I fight back to her because I remind myself that my value and my impact and my girl's value and their impact and your value and your impact can never, ever be measured or seen. Based off a number on a scale, or a number, or a shirt size, or a pant size, or a shoe size, or a hair length, or any type of physical attribute, your impact and your value cannot be measured in those things. It's not, you can't do it, right? Look at it like this You're baking a cake. Have you ever watched? Sleeping Beauty. I'm going to use this as the example because it's perfect. Have you ever watched Sleeping Beauty? Okay. If you have, you've seen which one of my favorite scenes, which is when Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether are trying to bake a cake. Okay. But they're trying to do it without magic. Now, if they had magic, they could just zip, zap, zoom, boom, cake, dress, clean house, all the above. Right. But they're doing it without magic because they're saying, I'm not going to do it with the magic. I'm going to do it like the book says. Right. Because that's what we need to do. That's, we're we're hiding that we're magical to keep Aurora safe. And so they fold in the eggs, literally shell and all. They're folding this dough, right? They're folding and folding the eggs in the shell. And then they're doing a pinch of this. and, And the measurements are all off. The measurements are all off, completely incorrect. Okay. And it ends up, which is one of my favorite things on the, the candles, the icing's coming and the candles are sliding down the broomstick and she's trying to put them back up and trying to put them back up and trying to put them back on, but she's, they're not measuring it correctly. So it all turns out to be completely falling apart because they don't have the right tools. They thought that if they just used the recipe book, right. And if they didn't have their magic, right. If they just did it this way, it would work out because You know, they had everything they needed, but they didn't. They didn't because they didn't understand the recipe and the ingredients and how to measure all that out and how to break the egg open, okay? And I want you to think of that as your value. If you continue to read from the recipe book of the dialogue that's out there and the dialogue you speak to yourself, your cake is going to melt, But if you realize that who you are is not valued in that and the magic that you possess is not measured by that, you can shift things, not just for yourself, but for the tiny people in your life that you have or don't have or might have or may never have or may come in contact with or take it outside of parenting the people in your life. If you can start to look at the value and the magic you have because you're you, that's where your value is at. That's where you can measure things because it doesn't matter how much organic food you eat, how much you exercise. It doesn't matter if you get your boobs done or not. Because the way you feel about yourself will not change if you're not verbalizing things you can internalize. It won't change if you don't realize that all those things, although they might make you feel better, will not have the lasting impact you need if you don't heal yourself and how you view you. And if you don't remind yourself that that's a journey that never ends. If you don't remind yourself that it is always going to have a level of diet culture. There's always going to be the things that people say, don't eat carbs, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. And yeah, you want to live healthy and treat your body right. But we need to realize that it doesn't matter what a positive body image or self-love looks like. Self-love has to start about how you feel about yourself. Not just the outside. So I'm just super passionate about this idea of mental health in all forms. And I think that it's a difficult thing when we look to the world to say, change all these images and it will change how I feel because it won't. We do need change in that area. Okay. Like, let's be honest. Like I look at a Sophia Loren. Oh God, there's this photo of Sophia Loren. I love it. She's in a bra and panties. And she says, I would, I would rather die than give up pasta and beer. And Sophia Loren was a, like a sex symbol. She was a bombshell. And she was, I mean, she had that 1950s hourglass full figure. I mean, she was a queen. Okay. And it's not that Sophia Loren didn't struggle, but it's that, She really was that queen because of that confidence she had because she loved herself. And she was going to do those things. And I don't know if she actually did. I am surmising, of course. But just go with me. So I encourage you today, I encourage you to remember that it's not just about what we feed our kids, right? Actually, figuratively, the food that goes in their body that they internalize and they process. It's also what we feed them, not just about them verbally to themselves. We can affirm our kids all day long. It's also about what you're feeding yourself. It's also about what you're internalizing yourself. It's what you're verbalizing to yourself. And it doesn't mean we can't create safe spaces where we have bad days. That's ridiculous to think otherwise. But it does mean that we can start to work on shifting that idea of health being only physical. Because I can tell you I'm going to my third therapy session this week and mental health is an ever-changing journey for me. And it's one I'll always talk about without any shame. Because I don't think that there should, I think it's crazy in 2021 that therapy should have any type of stigma, but that is a whole other episode for a whole other time. But... You will live out the truth or the lies you feed yourself in all forms. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up. I don't know. Maybe I'll upload this today. I'm feeling spicy. Or maybe I'll save it for tomorrow. But as always, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If you have someone you think might enjoy this episode, feel free to share it. I know a lot of you have DM'd that you share and I love it. I love it. It means so much to me when you're like, I shared this with my friends, my coworkers, my mom, you know, all the people in my life. It's just, it's special. And when you tag me, like I say, in stories and you're listening, it it just sets my heart on fire to know that anyone's getting anything out of this. Because whether we have one listener or one million, as long as you're here, I'm happy to chat and I'm grateful to be here. So If no one has told you lately, let me be the first. You are loved.